Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. You're giving us some really good advice, I have to say, from the Word of God, from Mark chapter 11, about how to pray with faith, Colin. And um, we've been basing our programs on this, on these verses since Monday. But now we're going to talk about this particular fig tree and this particular mountain that Jesus was referring to, because it's slightly bizarre, really, that he cursed a fig tree and then told his disciples they could move a mountain just by prayer. Well, it seems bizarre, but it's very, very important. And I think so often when people talk about this prayer of faith, they begin at verse 22, where Jesus says, have faith in God. Mm. And they miss out the fig tree. But actually, the fig tree is a very important part of the whole business. Jesus uses this moment to explain the prayer of faith to the disciples. So in other words, Jesus is really saying to them, the fig tree withered because. And then he explains to them the prayer of faith, that he had prayed with faith. Now, he hadn't asked the Father to do anything. What had he done? The previous day, he'd spoken to the fig tree. And so they come by the following day, and the disciples are amazed to see. But what the scripture says Jesus did was he cursed the tree. Because there were no figs on it, and he was hungry. Because there were no figs on it, and he was hungry. Now, the, the key here is the curse. Anything that God curses withers. It dies. So, for example, Babylon was cursed, and the city of Babylon exists no more. And God says in his word, will never be rebuilt where it is, where it was, where it used to be. Whatever God curses dies. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that dies is cursed of God. We must make that clear. But if God curses something, it withers and it dies. So if a person has a cancer, a tumor, for example, an important part of the healing is to curse the tumor in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I curse this tumor. But you see, it's important that when you do that, you believe that the tumor has to shrivel and die. And um, sometimes you need to do that more than once. You need to, if, if you're receiving a healing over a period of time, to go on just bringing the curse of God against that tumor so it shrivels and dies. See, the mistake that a lot of people make if they have a cancer is saying, oh, Lord, please heal me. Oh, Lord, please heal me. And they can get desperate. Oh, God, oh, God, please heal me. Please take this thing away. Instead of, you see, doing what Jesus says, okay, well now, there are certain things you're, you're to do. First of all, you're to curse what stands in the way of God's purpose. A, tum- uh, a tumor is not God's purpose for your life. So curse the tumor. But believe that when it's cursed, it will shrivel and die. Why is it necessary to do it more than once? Well, if we did things with the same authority as Jesus, we would not necessarily need to do it more than once. But you see, when Jesus says, ask and you receive, what this scripture actually means literally is go on asking and you will receive. Continue to ask. It's a continuous Until you see the prayer answered. That's right. 
So um, uh, we have to do more than just curse the fig tree or curse the tumor or whatever it may be. There's some other things we have to do here. Uh, and it's not that we, we do everything necessarily in one go at the first time. Uh, I was explaining yesterday that sometimes God does an instantaneous miracle, and that's fine, but actually the things that build up and encourage our faith more are when he does a thing over a period of time and he starts to do a thorough work in our lives, which ends up by being something much deeper and much more all-embracing than just meeting a specific need. Because, you see, what he's concerned about is not just to heal someone of cancer. He wants to heal that person as a person. He's concerned about the whole person. He wants to heal the cancer, but he might want to do a lot of other things as well. But this is the first step, you see. You, you curse the disease. It doesn't, not just a cancer, but you curse the disease, or you curse what it is that the enemy is doing to try to disrupt and intervene your in your life. And, of course, you do this in the name of Jesus. That means you're, you're, you're doing it because you're in him and he is in you and you're, you're acting as part of his body here on earth. Do you do this with all sickness, Colin? Maybe somebody's suffering from a migraine? Well, you, you can do. I, I, I don't say it's always necessary. But it's more for cancers but where there is actually something you want something to shrivel in that sense. Something that's alive and needs to die. A virus, you could curse the virus as well, you see, in that sense. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. Now, you see, he's not teaching formula. He's not saying, here is a formula to use in prayer. When you have a need, say to the need, mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. What he's saying is, Speak to, this man, speak to this need with such authority that it has to move from your life. Now, you see, to answer the question you just asked, sometimes when we speak first to a mountain, we don't speak with that kind of authority. But as we begin to see change, we grow more and more in faith and in authority, and we speak with greater and greater expectation that this thing will be removed. So let's just pursue this cancer tumor for a moment. We curse it, we command it to shrivel, but then we speak to it. Curse uh, cancer, I command that you be removed from my body in the name of Jesus. You don't have to call it a mountain. You just, cancer, get out of my body in the name of Jesus. So we've taken the first two steps. We've cursed it, we've spoken to it, we've commanded it to move. And, of course, this is true about anything we pray for. But, you see, Jesus does say that it will move if we do not doubt in our hearts but believe that what we say will happen. Now, that, that is a very, very important statement because, you see, a lot of people were saying, well, I spoke to the mountain and it didn't move. Well, that's obviously because you didn't really believe in your heart that it would. So, Colin... In this context, what is a mountain? Any need, any problem that arises, anything that is, if you like, blocking the way in which you are walking with the Lord. To some people, it may be a difficult work colleague. To a child, it may be a bully at school then. Well, the mountain isn't necessarily to remove the person, but it's to remove the problem you have with the person. 
Because what God wants you to do is to love that person, not just saying, Lord, get this person out of my hair. I mean, that's what that's what uh, Paul was doing when he said, you know, take take this thorn from me. It almost certainly was a person that was disrupting the work. And Jesus' answer to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Um, you see... It isn't we who have to shift the mountain. It isn't we that have to cause the cancer to shrivel. We just have to do what God tells us to do, curse it in his name, speak to it in his name, and command it to depart. But when we do that, believe in our hearts that it will be moved. So a mountain is any obstacle that's in our way, if it's like a, a boulder on the road. Yes, anything that, that you see needs to be moved out of your life. I mean, you would only... You would only speak to something to be moved out if you knew it didn't belong and shouldn't be there. And uh, God didn't create us to be sick. He didn't redeem us to be sick. We know that part of what he did on the cross was to save us from a sickness. But I, I just want to make clear that I'm only using this uh, business of healing as, as an example. The principle is true no matter what it is we're praying about, no matter what situation or what difficulty or what problem arises. Same principle. Somebody may be listening to you who's in debt, for example. They're saying, now, how can I apply what Colin is saying to my debt? Well, now, remember all that I've said the last two days about being in Christ. Now, in Christ there is no debt, right? So, my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we know that we can take hold of our inheritance, and part of that inheritance is God's provision for our lives. But when Paul made that statement, uh, that God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and all those riches are yours, they're all mine, they're, they belong to every believer, he was said it in the context of the Philippians being faithful in their giving. Because they were faithful in giving, my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So you see, there are certain things that Jesus says we have to do, like later, and we'll talk about this later this week, he says we must forgive. Uh, he says we must believe. And he, he says elsewhere that we need to give, you see. If we're going to be able to receive what God is wanting to pour into our lives, then we have to obey the things he tells us to do. So, uh, yes, God can help a person get out of debt, but it doesn't mean that we can get ourselves into debt and then just expect God to bail us out. That's very presumptuous. However, if the heart is right, God will help and God can supply in amazing, miraculous ways. I've known one person after another to be saved out of a debt situation. Even in the church here, lots of people, when they come to the Lord, are in debt. And we actually have people in the congregation that help them to see how to reorder their finances. And they begin to apply the biblical principles of giving and, and good stewardship. And then, somewhere in the process, God comes to their rescue, releases a tremendous answer to prayer, and the debt is cleared. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 